Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 5, Episode 31. Taylor Marshall and I go through the Hoosier Crossroads Conference meets from last week. Let's hit it. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. All right. It's been a couple weeks without a podcast. Colin Altavote, Taylor Marshall, as usual. We are here to talk about the HCC, Hoosier Crossroads Conference, the premier conference in cross-country and track and field in Indiana. Don't know if they're looking to add any teams, uh, but we're going to talk about the eight-team meet. It's a boys' first year, Taylor, but the girls uh, had their meet first because that is a byproduct of the way the tournament's set up. So the boys' state meet is first, but the girls' sectional and regional rounds are first as compared to the boys very smartly they've aligned the conference meet with the tournament setting so uh we will talk start with the girls and then move from there but we should if the boys are first for the state meet shouldn't the boys sectional and regional meets be on the tuesday and the girls be on the thursday that would make sense, but you're also applying logic to the IHSAA. So, you know, probably not going to be your best bet. I'm not sure why that hasn't been changed. In an era of change, a lot of things are changing. Anyways, we're going to go through all 16 events, name off the winner. Some events we have more to talk about than others because sometimes the races take longer than others and there's Sometimes they have more implication for the meet or for the state series. So let's do field events first. In the high jump, it was Melina Miller of Noblesville, five feet, six inches. And I think she finished pretty high up last year at the state meet, correct? She is very good. Absolutely. Yeah. And she is on a potential contending team. And we'll get to the results of this meet and what that means overall, uh, maybe for the state championship. Speaking of contending teams, Ashlyn Schwab of Brownsburg, 12 feet, which is higher. Uh, this On the site that I'm looking at, it lists what the uh, state standard is. 12 feet is above the state standard. So she appears to be in the mix to score at the state finals. Um, Ashlyn Schwab of Brownsburg. And she beat Delaney uh, Teachner of Noblesville, who cleared 11 feet and 9 inches. So 12 feet to 11, 9. Yeah, that puts uh, Ashlyn Schwab tied for second in the state right now. And uh, we'll get to where her team might stand. And the state championship very well could come down to how those two girls vault at the state meet. Sure. Long jump. Probably the star of the meet, Paige Kurtz of Brownsburg, 18 feet, one and three quarters of an inch. 18 feet seems to be kind of like a like a magic line, right? Like if you're at 18 feet, you're probably going to score at the state meet. Yeah, that's a pretty good guess right there, right? I mean, that's an elite category and uh, the best kids are jumping north of 18. So that feels right to me. And the harder part is in the long jump is staying consistent. There's a lot of girls that can jump 18 feet, but it's staying consistent, making your way through the rounds and then getting down to IU potentially on a faster surface, getting your steps down and, and getting a hold of a good one over there. And luckily the long jump is a, is an event in which 
if you jump one time really well, that's all it takes. So it doesn't necessarily matter about consistency as if this were a running event or something else, right? Like you just need to pop one off and then you can walk away and do some other events. But the hard part to the long jump is the best kid in the long jump could have two scratches and a safety jump in the sectional and be out before the finals as opposed to the best girl in the 3200 isn't going to not make it out of the sectional unless something catastrophic happens. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Shot put. You're going to get used to hearing these, these two schools at the top at this meet and it, it may mean something for the season uh, as a whole. Hannah Alexander of Noblesville, 42 feet, six inches. That is above the state standard. And I think she medaled last year in that event at the state meet. Yes. In the discus, Hannah Alexander, Noblesville, 157.6. That's above the state standard. She won that event, Taylor, by 35 feet even. Yes. Hannah Alexander right now is sitting second in the state in the discus and one, two, three, four right now in shot put. So she is primed to score a lot of points for the Millers. Something to think about if we have enough time for fantasy track. Yeah. Speaking of track, let's get to the track. Uh, how do you want to do it? Do you want to do by event order or do you want to do uh, shortest to fat, uh, shortest to longest race? You know what? Surprise me. What do you want? Let's I want to do event order. Okay, event order it is. Let's do it. So the meet starts off with the four by eight. The four by eight was won with the team of Cooper, Applegate, Flynn, and Rempe from Noblesville. They ran 931. Hamilton Southeastern was second, 942. Brownsburg was third and 951. Noblesville, a, a title contender at the state meet in that event. For sure. And um, I don't think we've seen the best that they have to offer yet. So stay tuned. I think they have a lot more in the tank than what we've seen thus far. When you say that, do you mean that um, you think they can run faster if they're being pushed or do you think this is like sandwich artist time and they've got some subs to make I cooper think applegate flynn and rempy i think those are their four best but i think that they will run faster when pushed and when the time comes i you know, we've seen those girls we know what they're capable of individually i think that they can run a lot faster but they're not being pushed just yet so i, w- I would hang on to any reservations about noblesville so let's do some math here. 931. Let's round up, call that 932, because that's easily divisible by four. That's 223 per athlete. And we know Rempe can run 212. And we Ish. know we know Cooper can run 214, 215. Sure. Yeah. So that yeah, that that leads us to believe that maybe um maybe 931 was was a bit of a cruise right and well they still won by 11 seconds again you know if it's a conference meet and you're trying to win uh score points then all that's necessary is doing enough to win uh so i think they have a lot more in the tank i'm not sold uh on someone who might say well they they haven't i I think that let me put this way i'm sorry they have a lot more in them and i think they will be in the running to win 
on the first Saturday of June. So pay attention to the Millers because I think they can do it. What I like about picking this order is that I have to remember what we were on and I have to get it right. And I'm not sure that I will. And that's, fu that's fun. Yeah, okay. Man. So uh, next event, girls, hundred hurdles, Lucy Hauser of Westfield wins 1484. That's under the state standard. Where does Lucy Hauser rank in the hundred hurdles? They've got a couple, they've got a couple gems in their sprint hurdle group at Westfield right now. So she is a uh, seventh right now in the, uh, as of right the second that you and I are sitting here talking, she's seventh in the state, uh, at 1484, which is what she placed there at the, uh, Hoosier Crossroads conference. So, uh, she's scoring points, the state meet, and, uh, she is not that far off from a few more. So she's right there in contention. And. The girls' meet was on Wednesday, originally scheduled for Tuesday. Tuesday was not great. Wednesday was better. Thursday was was God's gift to track and field. And so so was Friday, would have been Friday if, if anybody. There were meets on Friday, but the HCC wasn't. Wednesday was good, but not great, especially right. for sprints, jumps, explosive events. For distance, I think it was good. It was pretty comparable, I think, to like our the the Carmel Showcase. Yeah, great for distance running. But when you're in, we're talking about the hundred hurdles or the long jump. You want to hop? I've seen better days. Yeah. Girls hundred, Maya Taylor from Fishers, twelve twenty. Princess Campbell from Westfield, twelve twenty one. We weren't there, but I've heard Taylor. It was closer than it sounds. It was, and Maya's time is good for uh, tied for third right now in the state as of the time you and I are sitting here talking and doing this podcast. So tied for third in the state right now. I feel like Fishers always has a sprint star. Fishers in like a short sprint. There's always some a girl from Fishers who's in the top nine in the hundred or the two hundred or both. They don't Unless have the galley. How long has it been since she was in high school? Was she in uh, high school last year, maybe two or three years if, okay. at most. But um, yeah, they don't have the depth, but they have the stars. And mm -hmm. you know, when you're trying to put together a state meet team. It's about the stars more so than the depth. That's a conference meet. That's a, a you know small invitational, whatever. But the uh, state meet is about who do you have at the very top. And Fisher certainly has some girls that would be up there. And Maya Taylor, 12-20 in the finals, but actually 12-16 in the prelims. And then you said she she's ranked where in the state? Her time from the finals puts her tie for third. Okay. So where would 12-16 would be third outright then? Yes. And so Princess Campbell then is? Is just a hair behind. Fifth, yes. yeah. And yeah. and and Campbell ran twelve twenty in the prelims, so they each ran just just a bit slower in the finals. Yeah. Which could be, it could you know just in that forty five minute window or whatever on Wednesday night, it could have dropped eight degrees or it could have gone from fifty eight to fifty. Sure. Uh, hundred uh, next would be the sixteen hundred. I'm doing well so far in the sixteen hundred. Quite a race up front. Maggie Powers of Hamilton Southeastern, five flat. Jessica Hegedus of Avon, 501. Paige Hazelrig of Noblesville, 
503.92. So we'll call that 503, but close to 504. What do you make of that race? Well, you know, Maggie Powers has done very well throughout the uh, season here, and she continues to to pour that on. I was going to mention Hegedus. We'll talk about her some more later, but because she has a, a monster double to, uh, that night, you know, 501, and then she comes back in a 1051. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that here in a bit. But, um, you know, Powers is showing uh, that she is able to score points at a high level. Uh, hopefully, HSC for their goals on the season, they'll have some more points elsewhere. But, uh, you know, this seems to be that they're uh, on a path to be high up in the state rankings. You've looked into this a little more than I have for a, a number of reasons, but one of which was to prepare for this podcast today. Um, is HSE in the title race at all? As of right now, no. Could okay. that change? Yes. I mean, they they were sort of in the mix. They didn't perform as well as they possibly could have at the conference meet. Could that change coming into the sectional and regional? Absolutely. I would not discount HSE, but they are not in my top five as an example right now. Okay. So we think it's pretty far-fetched that they could get into it. Here, here's an interesting question from this. So we named off the four um, runners from Noblesville on their four by eight. And you said you think those are their four best. Yes. But Paige Hazelrig runs 503, not one of their four for the four by eight. Yeah. Let's let's do equivalency here. You and I like to do this sometimes. Yeah. Different people can have different strengths. And so you can have a five flat miler who runs 210. 210 is better. Or you can have a five flat miler that only runs 219. What do you... 503, 504, what is that? In general, what's that for a four by eight leg? 216? 216 to 218, I would say. Yes. Yeah. Two, uh, let's go. Yeah. Closer to 216. 216, 217. I think that's fair. Okay. So that's got to be one of their four best legs, right? Well, they, they've, got a, they've got a two, they got a 210 and a 213 for the state meet. Are there yeah. other ones 216? Are they an 858, 859, nine flat relay? I think if everything goes well, but I, we haven't seen them be able to put this all together this year. Noblesville is incredibly talented. We saw this last track season. We saw this this past fall when they won the state title in the cross country, but they haven't been able to put all the pieces together to make us think that they could run around nine flat or maybe under, if that's your question. So I, I don't think they're there right now. Could things change? Yes, they're incredibly talented, but I, I'm not sold on them at this moment and winning the four by eight, but certainly things could, could turn around in an instant because they have so much ability on that team. Because you just, you just don't, you don't put it all together. Right. right. The smartest teams don't really do that until maybe the re the regional or the, or the state meet. Yeah. And even it, the regional would only be if you're in one of those regionals where it's like, hey, we don't want to mess around with this. We want to make sure that we're not only moving through, but we 
are getting into the fast heat and finishing. So like a team like Noblesville or Carmel or Hamilton Southeastern, like they're going to kind of have to do that at the regional. They may yeah. not need to do it at the sectional. They, they, they might choose to do it and race each other there. And then we see a nine 15 or whatever, but a lot of those schools, I mean, nine 31, even if it's with their four best, they won by 11 seconds. I, I, and I think we're in agreement on this. That does not preclude them from being an eight fifty nine nine Oh two relay in in june and i don't i don't think we'll see it until then no and i i agree we won't see it for a few more weeks and uh coach becker knows what he's doing and they have a phenomenal uh group on the distant side and i think that it, they could just decide to put it all together and things will work um they've done a lot of racing and uh i i'm not i would not count them out yet i'm just saying right now if we're only operating off of what we've seen they're not there but I think there's a lot more to them that we haven't seen. So hang on and watch and, and see what the Millers do over the next few weeks. Cause I think they are still in contention and it could be around that nine flat mark. Four by one Brownsburg 47, 88 and Fishers 48, 46. Both of those teams under the state standard Brownsburg ranks pretty high in the four by one. Are they number, are they number one? They're number two right now. Fishers number one. Fishers had run 47.80 earlier in the season okay. at the sprint showcase, but Brownsburg just a hair back from that. Um, but paid, is Warren in that mix? Warren is a little bit further back, but again, don't count them out because I think Warren, much like Noblesville, has a lot more in the tank. We just haven't seen it. What's Carmel? Carmel right now is sitting in the four by one at third. Okay. And those Brownsburg, Carmel, Warren, Noblesville, not their strength. Um, those are probably kind of four of the four of the main contenders. But unlike in cross country, you're doing the same thing every weekend, whereas track is putting different pieces of the puzzle together and seeing how things fit, and then ultimately deciding through the tournament that we're just we're not really going to know until. The, the regional even after the regional when we get those those performance lists and kind of add it up remember right. do you remember the michigan city year uh tell me some more about it so michigan city fin it ultimately finished second to us to carmel at the state meet but no one had talked about them all year they hadn't been ranked in anything and suddenly after the regional you know michigan city tucked up northwest corner of indiana uh -huh. like they're not going to get good weather very often they were they were centered around explosive events. I think they went one two that year in the high jump, and suddenly the performance list comes out. Everybody's got their you know pencil and paper out, and they're adding them all up. And it's like, oh my gosh, Michigan City is seated to win the state meet. This could be a year on the girls' side that's like, wait, what? Who? And yeah. suddenly someone's got a sprinter and two high jumpers that were running in cold weather, and they get a good day at the regional, and that's the team to beat. It's certainly possible. We will talk about the um, mock state meet per the leaderboards here in a bit. So we'll kind of get an idea of where we are as of this moment. So we'll see. 400. Paige Kurtz, Brownsburg, 5790. That's under the state standard. She won by a full second over Navia Wren of Avon, 5892. And then two Orioles under 60 flat, Cameron McCollum of Avon. 59.99. Where does 57.90 rank 
in the 400? Let me guess, fifth. 5790 is one, two, three, four, five, six. It will be seventh. Okay. Although is that Paige is that Kurtz? Run. Well, no, Paige actually has run a little bit faster earlier in this okay. year, and she is uh the third best 400 runner on the year. She ran a little bit faster at Charlie Riley. So that's where she ranks behind Hinselmeyer, Farley, and then Kurtz. Although you know, not that you and I have any inside information, but I would be shocked if Gretchen Farley competes in the 400 at the state meet. So we might be looking at Kurtz, um, the second best 400 runner in the state right now, because again, I don't expect Gretchen Farley to run that, but no one's told me anything one way or the other. So who knows? And it's an interesting double because these events are back to back. Yes. Now it starts with the four by one and then goes to the 400. But unless Kurtz has a sister on the team, there was a Kurtz listed on the four by one, which I imagine is, is Paige Kurtz. From my understanding, that is her. Yes. So her events then at the state meet, I would think would be the long jump, the 400, the four by one and the four by four. We'll wait and see what Brownsburg's four by four looks like. The four by four at this meet actually was not as competitive as I might've thought. And that could be accumulation of events. We're now in shorter meets, whereas the invitationals early on are co-ed. So they take a lot longer. So it's easier to do more events versus the sectional and regional, the regional, this Lafayette regional that Brownsburg's going to go to man from the gun of the four by to the, to the end of the four by four is like, 70 minutes yeah you've got to get that all in pretty quickly then you get to the state meet and there's there's a lot more rest i think that Paige kurtz um is 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 obviously pretty darn good and she will run on their four by one in the long jump in the four in the four i think those are all that's a doable day it's not easy what about the 200 does she have a 200 time on the leaderboard that's a decision that the team will have to make um, I mean, if their four by four is going to run four oh six, then yeah, and I don't, I don't know what they ran, but well, again, like I said, it's second. She'll have, have to make some decisions. Maybe she is listed on the four by four, but they don't run her if they don't need to. But she clearly um, will have a lot of options going in, and I think that they could be pretty darn good. What, what did you say she was? She's ranked in the state in the two hundred. Second. Okay, so she's not going to do the four by four. I wouldn't expect that. It seems like they could probably find someone else, or or they just won't make it. Or yeah, well, or the team score won't matter. Yeah, exactly. It may right. not. It may not yeah, because she can't. She can be listed in five six events, right? Yeah, theoretically, she'd be listed in eight. Yeah, but she can only compete in four. Yep. Three hundred hurdles. Lucy Hauser of Westfield, forty six twenty six. Pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. She won both hurdles. It's a good day. Good. On a night that that was not maybe super conducive to fast hurdle times. Yeah. The results of the 800 make me think that accumulation of events and weather may have played into the times here. Sierra Kepner of HSE, 219.79. And then Summer Rempe of Noblesville, 220, and Brinkley Cooper of Noblesville, 224. Kepner's had a good year, but she's not um, 
Rempy was a surprise. Like you said, the accumulation of events. Rempy uh, ran the four by eight. She did the eight. She did the four by four. Uh, I think Which is a, it, it doesn't seem like a lot when you're listing it out and like, hey, here's our lineup or whatever. That the, it's the, it's a cumulative effect of all of that. Those That's are a pretty, lot. The, yeah, those are super intense. So I think that um, you know, Rimpy, you know, she was right there. Um, she's also somebody who has run two twelve uh, to two fourteen on a split beforehand. So she's got a lot more in the tank. She didn't deliver on this day. Kepner uh, got the win and good for her. That's a good sign for HSC going in the tournament, but um, don't sleep on Summer Rempe. Uh, she is- Oh, I, I think Rempe finishes very high up in the open at the state meet. I would agree with that. And she is their key to their four by eight scoring high as well. So far, their four by eight has been solid, but she has been the- like major um, piece to to move them up uh, beyond that point to to be a, a high end top end best four by eight uh, without Rempy running that well then then they're just sort of again just okay good but um, I I guess what I'm trying to say here is that it. This is an anomaly. I think that I think that Rimpy has got a lot more in her, and she didn't necessarily deliver on that day, but she maybe didn't need to. Maybe there was some strategic save it, score enough points, run on our four by four. We'll see. And but I I wouldn't I wouldn't discount her. You know the last time the last time of of serious competition, serious four by eights, right? So the Noblesville wins. I feel like we've talked so much about Noblesville's four by eight. Um, the the last time of serious competition would be HSR, right? And then you you you, you might put them together, but you're not going to run as fast when um, when you're not in a hot race. When they were, they ran what nine twenty three, and Rempy Rempy anchored at I think two twelve. Twelve, yes, two twelve. So when it's when it's time to go, I think I think she's she's ready. one of the very very best. Yes, she's not the that. she's not gonna I don't think she's gonna win that event no. at the state meet. Well, and hard because she'll be hampered by she'll have right her relay duty really. ahead of time. Um yeah. and the, the girls Which that beat her they're a title contender. You have to put her in multiple events. I there's right. nothing wrong with that. The girls, the girls that beat her are gonna be girls on their first event. I'm almost yes. positive. I you and I are on the same page on that one. Absolutely. Uh 800, 200. Izzy Neal of Brownsburg won in 2550. Where does that rank? Or where is Izzy Neal ranked in the something happened to Paige Kurtz because she finished eighth, but she ran Yeah, so is is he is seventh right now in the state? But like you said, she's behind her teammate Paige Kurtz, who's second overall. And and obviously Kurtz didn't run her best time that day. We you and I weren't there. We don't really know what happened. Uh, maybe she's a little bit banged up. Maybe she just said, Hey, I've got a lot more going on. I've scored, I'm going to score a point here and just kind of, you know, jog my way to the finish. I think um, we've all been around on teams and had an athlete in a situation like that. And then especially in a meet like this, and we're like, don't, don't do anything risky. Just, just get to the finish line. I'm yeah. looking at the weather weather history from that night uh may 3rd 
and the high was 60. We'll say this meet started at six o'clock. So it probably ended at 8.30. And at 8.30, now where was this meet? HSE? Uh, HSE, yes. Girls okay, right. I, I, typed, I typed in Carmel's zip code, but it's going to be the same, right? It wasn't in Evansville and it wasn't in Fort Wayne. Yeah. Um, it was it was 54 degrees at the end of this meet. So that kind of jives with my theory of in the 3200, in the 1600, we saw some pretty great performances, but for the 200, for the 100 hurdles, for the four by four, when you're on your fourth race of the night, these these were not ideal conditions. No, yeah, that's very fair. The 3200, it probably it probably might have been pretty close to ideal, and uh, it seems two girls in particular took advantage of that. Jessica Hegedus of Avon 1051, that was under the state standard. Liz Smith of Westfield 1056, and then Elizabeth Butler of HSE 1106. Right. So Hegedus with her 501-1051 double. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but my gosh, that is incredible. Um, you know, she's running very well. She was very hot early in the year and then kind of cooled off a little bit, but she's picking it back up again. Um, you know, getting to the point where it matters most. So good for her. Liz Smith, um, you know, she battled a couple injuries here and there, but uh, you know, Liz is running, uh, obviously anytime you get under 11 minutes, that is an incredible mark. So, uh, that 1056 is no joke. So she is doing, uh, an incredible job right now. Uh, and that could put her in contention, you know, as I'm sitting here looking and, and you and I might talk about this later, or maybe we won't get to this until a future podcast, but that regional meet, uh, it's looking very, very competitive, especially yeah. for the third hundred. Yeah. And that's, you know, someone like Jessica Hegedus is, is, should probably have some decisions to make. Now she's proven in this meet, a quick meet, because it's girls only. Right. Um, and there's, you know, there's only two heats of, well, there's only, this is even shorter than the regional because there's only one heat of say the four by one. Um, as opposed to two there, there's only one heat of the four by eight, although that wouldn't matter because it comes at the beginning. Um, but I would think that she she's probably more likely to run the 3200. Well, that six, would make the most to, sense. To, yeah. Rather than try and double. Yeah, that would make the most sense to me. I mean, I wouldn't recommend doubling right there if I were her just because of the difficulty uh, attached, but you know, she's not a bad, uh, 1600 runner by any means, but she's not under five minutes and it may take Colin. I mean, think about this. It may take under five minutes to advance. It, it might take the standard. It, yeah. It, she may have to the standard. It's a five flat change on the girl side. So, um, you know, I'm not coaching her. I have no affiliation with Hegedus, but I, I 3,200 looks to be the best bet right now, but we also don't know, who will choose what come the sectional? So that's there's a bit of an educated right. game going on. So we don't, we're not yeah. Ready. And if you look at the in our regional and in, in that regional, the Lafayette Jeff regional, like the there's some athletes that could make it through in all four events, right? Like uh, Bridget Gallagher from Garrett comes to mind, she could absolutely make it in the eight, the 16, or the 32. And they could probably put together pieces for a four by eight that could make it. So, and then what she does could affect who makes it out or how many kind of available spots there are for it. 
girls four by four, and then we'll talk about the overall state, especially among teams here. Uh, these these times then were slower than I thought, but now looking at the weather and, and again, accumulation of events, this makes sense. HSE 404, Zionsville 407, Noblesville 407. Yeah. Those are going to be four flats at the regional, I'd imagine. Yeah. You know, those are four flats right there. Uh, HSE has run 402 earlier in the year. Uh, you know, uh, Zionsville was, was at 407, Noblesville 407 uh, prior to. So uh, those times are getting a little bit faster. Like you said, that's that's a tight schedule, accumulation of events, uh, kids coming back on multiple events in order to win the uh, conference or place high in the conference. That's important to a lot of teams. You know, you, you and I may not be familiar with the conference right now, but uh, that is important to a We'd lot. We'd like to be. Huh? We'd like to be. Involved. We'd like to be familiar with one conference that is yeah, one in particular, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So, we'll, you know, uh, it is in the mix there. So, let's uh, make it the HCCC, and the third C stands for Carmel. See what we can do. Team scores: Brownsburg one twenty eight, Noblesville one hundred four, HSC ninety six. So, so Brownsburg comfortable there at the end. Um, that's that's a decently wide margin. Is Brownsburg the team to beat? They won the most competitive conference. Yeah. They they beat Noblesville, who who we at times probably had ranked number one or thought was the team to beat, but right. it's not the same. So you tell me in the next five and a half minutes. Sure. Um, my answer is it depends. And that's not a great answer, but let me tell you this: that a conference meet. Scoring points in conference meets is very different than scoring points in a state meet or a dual meet or what have you, right? Um, so if you were to look at just the leaderboards on Indiana Runner and you were to go through and, and tally the meet as if it were the state meet, uh, right now, as of the time we, you and I are uh, doing this podcast, Warren, 44 points, mm -hmm. Brownsburg, 38 points. Okay. Noblesville, 37 points. Close Bloomington North. Yeah. Bloomington North, 32 points. And Homestead, 29 and a half. So it is very close, especially up top. But um, the the point to remember is that uh, these meets are, are all different and that you may not have a team that could win a conference but your team could win the state meet. Like maybe you're very, very good at the events that you're good at, but you, you know, other teams that won't score at the state meet can score or outscore you in events, whereas they're not going to be scoring points at the state meet. Right. So, um, you know, just speaking from experience here in the, in the 20, uh, 19 year, we, we did not win our conference meet, but, um, darn right you didn't no some other team did so um bloomington north is interesting and i'm yeah. not exactly sure you don't have what are those points you don't have that rundown do you i know uh, i know 20 of them are disc and shot and those seem pretty secure yeah no i can give you those rundown the rundown okay. is they're scoring up for bloomington north on the girls side they're scoring six in the 800 okay i could yeah. see that happening Okay, one in the under hurdles. Okay. One in the 300 hurdles. 
four in the four by four. And then, as you said, 10 in the shot, 10 in the discs for a total of 32 points. Okay, so Bloomington North's path to contention would be the ones up front, the the big ones, the yeah. six in the open eight, which is Glenn, you know, uh, Lucas and the shot and the disc. Okay, those, those aren't going to move up any. Right. But one in the 100 hurdles and one in the 300 hurdles – what if she got fifth in each and those two points turn into 10 and then you're kind of waiting for some of the other teams to trip up in front of you? Then you're right there. I mean, Warren still has a slight edge, but you're pushing Brownsburg for runner up and then possibly and, you know, and maybe, has hurdlers. So if they right, don't maybe in the hurdles, you're flipping up a little bit or one of Warren's girls doesn't make it out or yeah, whatever. There's going to be some chaos. It's a three round tournament. It's not just how you do on that day. It's can you get your kids through and yeah. then how do they do on that day? There's absolutely, you're right. Bloomington North feels like they have some cathedral potential. It could. Their issue is I think there'll be more points needed to win than can be. It, it probably will this year, but yeah. it, it, it could possibly be a 40 point year and Glenn has a good day. She finishes third in the open eight. She gets their four by four to finish fourth or fifth. Lucas gives them 20 and the hurdler does well. And suddenly they're at 40 and, and Warren and Brownsburg and Noblesville don't get the the big time points they need. Carmel trips up a little bit, and suddenly we're walking out of there like, oh, trophy trophy staying here. Yeah, that that could happen. I'm I'm not predicting it, but it, it that's not unreasonable. I I think that could logically happen. In in your opinion, then, quick answer: Who's the team to beat? Forecasting ahead to the state meet, who who are you picking right now? One. Warren is still team to beat. Warren has big points at events that you want big points at. Warren is the team to beat on the girl side. If something were to trip Warren up, not a team, but if there's some, what is what's Warren's weakness? Well, Warren's weakness would be uh see the difference is they have a little bit, they've got multiple girls scoring and sprint events or explosive events. Let me call them explosive events. That's a better way to put it, right? Because you have two girls scoring and I've, the, got, I've got your answer. There's a right answer to this. The answer is that they're in events where there's things in your way. Things in the way as in hurdles? And hurdles, yeah. That's possible. Those yeah. are more tenuous points. They are. And if, yeah, if you are not a Warren Warrior fan, then that's what you're cheering for. But we haven't seen anything thus far to suggest that. And we know how great their coaches are at coaching hurdles. And we'll uh, talk more about that after the break. State championship winning coach Scott Litzkin shares his perspective on what it takes to achieve excellence in high school cross country. While addressing the mental and physical elements of distance running, Scott provides details about how to create successful teams. Additionally, he addresses how he overcomes pitfalls to achieve the peak of success as a high school cross-country coach. His teams have won four Indiana State Championships and have competed at the Nike National Cross-Country Championships three times. The book is only available on Amazon. Search for Scott Lidskin. And we're back. All right, Colin Altavote, Taylor Marshall, two guys that ran a combined 10 miles today. Well, you know what? 10 miles plus running back and forth a little bit 
on the trek because I met uh, one of the guys on our team uh, for his workout and I jogged a little bit back and forth to give him his split times. So 10 and a half, you think maybe? Probably not 10 and a half. 10 and a half. He did six, six, four. Back yeah. Quarter? We'll call it a little more than 10. Okay. Good for you. And uh, you know what? I got a, I got a brief a brief point to make because this is we're not going to have time for coaching corner. We're not going to have time for anything if I don't uh, make my point here pretty quickly. But uh, just a, a brief coaching uh, viewpoint that I have after the last two days. So Friday night, we were going to do a big workout with a lot of our guys, yeah. and we uh, there's a lacrosse game at our school, so we had to find another place to do it. So we went to one of the middle schools, found out they weren't having practice. Uh, got the middle school coaches, both of which the track coaches have coached or currently coach at the high school in other seasons. So they were pretty amenable to helping us out. Yeah. And uh, boys are real excited. They've got their spikes. Like we're doing a big track workout that they don't, we don't do those very often. So one of our best guys starts warming up and he's got this like really debilitating, like cramp, like to the point where I was like, you might want to go in and like, like, Excuse like like go into a ready med or whatever and just make sure that everything's okay and he couldn't do the workout and you i won't say which guy it is but you and i both know this kid and like it had to be pretty excruciating if he can't he's not ready to go right so then i was like i you know i i can meet you if you feel better by tomorrow i could meet you tomorrow and we could do it and there was no problem like we set it up said here's and he did that, ran the workout, had a good workout. And as parents were like, Hey, you know, thanks for meeting him out there. We know it is Saturday. And and this is the only reason that you met him. And there was no like, Oh, you're making him do this workout. Oh, like it's Saturday and it's the prom. And it's like, why he doesn't need to do that. Like he, he wanted to do the workout. His parents were appreciated that I took the time to go out there and do that. And like, there's so much in athletics, especially in in the sport that we coached where it's all about like the minutia of the workouts and what are we doing and what's smart. And of course that's, that's a big part of it. I I get that. This is why they have coaches present at the clinic, but the most important thing is can, do the kids value it? Do they value your time? And can they, will they do things on their own and find ways to make it work? Like our like our guy did this morning. Anyways, you want to talk about the HCC? If you want, here we go. Let's go through the field events in the order that they're listed. Rowan Hall from Hamilton Southeastern. Uh, our guy Rowan cleared six feet seven inches. That is above the state standard. The high jump feels like one of those events too that like. At the state meet, there's tons of guys that will go six seven, six eight during the year, and then you get to the state meet, and it's like six four will will score. Yeah, it's very finicky. Um, he's right up there toward the top. He's not the leader, obviously, but um, you know anything could happen. He could score big points down the line, as you mentioned. We just don't know. It is a very, I think you said the word finicky event. Whole vault. Will Johnston of Noblesville, 13 feet, 6 inches. He won. Jalen Walcott, Brownsburg, 13 feet, 6 inches. 
Chris Coyne, Brownsburg, 13 feet, 6 inches. Taylor, I heard it was closer than it sounds. It was closer than it sounds. Again, it is uh, one of those events. Now, I will say it's a little bit different, the high jump in my mind, and, and jump in if you disagree. That's cool. But I think pole vault is a little bit more straightforward, right? Yes. Like if you can jump or vault well, then you vault well. And and uh, you're kind of who you you're, you're, you are, who you are, right? I mean, it's yeah. this isn't a high jump scenario where it's kind of finicky and you could be a seven footer, but you could also be like a six, six guy on that day. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that's necessarily the case for pole vault. And it sounds like you're agreeing with me. I think the only, and you've, you've been a head track coach and a head track coach of a state championship team. So you're, you're a little more well-versed um, on the different events than I am, but I, I think the difference, the high jump tends to be more inconsistent. The pole vault tends to be, there's more like no heights, like, okay, we've got a guy and he can clear 14 feet, but we don't bring him in till 13 feet or 13, yeah. six. And then the suddenly he's, he's because the pole vault approach takes so much more out of you than the high yeah. jump approach right. that you want to limit your number of attempts. Whereas, you know, you can scissor kick, let's say the opening height is six feet or whatever. You can scissor kick over that and just make sure that you're, you're starting to get some heights up there, some clearances. Right. right. Long, long jump, a, a little more of a uh, fickle event. Uh, and the boys, this list, the boys is being at Noblesville. Was it at Noblesville? The, uh, that's what it says, I guess. I, I don't know why yes. it wouldn't be correct. Okay. I think that's right. I'm asking because the the uh, pit at Hamilton Southeastern is known yes. for being very forgiving. And I think, yes, and you're right. I, it was not there. I think it was at Noblesville. Okay. Michael Griffith, Hamilton Southeastern, 22 feet, six and three quarters of an inch. John Anthony Hall of Fishers, 22 feet, six and one quarter of an inch. So half an inch difference between those two uh, crosstown rivals. And then Cameron Mullins of Zionsville, one of the state's in most interesting athletes. He's he's one of the best long jumpers and one of the best 400 runners. And that's not typically a combination that you often see. Uh, 22 feet, one inch. Yeah. Shot. Yeah. Bryce Patterson of Brownsburg, 56 feet, six and half of an inch. Your accountant, Tom Ewing of Westfield, 55 feet and 11 inches. Brownsburg, I think, has – is it Brownsburg that maybe has three close to to the yes. state standard in the in the shot? Do they, have maybe, do they maybe already have that? Um, they have three guys. Uh, their best shot putter is 56, six and a half. Yep. Then they have a guy at 55, 11 inches and then another one at 55 10 and a half inches so they have three guys i, I think they're, they're all over it then yeah they are they are very good very very good and i don't think they're it's not it's not for certain that they're all going to score in that but they're at least giving themselves the chance they're right up there and it isn't like say if you had three distance runners and they all had the standard in the 3200 but you're like i mean i'm saying that because we were kind of in this position that like, well, we weren't going to run all three of those guys in the 3,200 anyways. Right. So we could like, we need this guy for the four bite. We need this guy for the opening or whatever. So we're not going to start chasing it in the 3,200 because we wouldn't use him in that anyways. In the shot, you're if you make it in the shot, you're doing the shot because it's not going to take away from anything else. Right. Right. Disc, 
Josiah Bird of HSE, 165 feet, five inches uh, to win. Finn Esley from Zionsville, 163 feet, one and three. Wait, you're not supposed to do, you're not supposed to do fractions of an inch in disc. Anyways, 163 feet, one inch. Uh, and then for all your accounting needs, Tom Ewing from Westfield, 162 feet, four inches. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they have that on there. Uh, we want to go, we want to do the same thing. See if we can, uh, see if I can keep it up with uh, yeah. remembering the order of events. Cool. Four by eight. Here we go. Best outdoor time in the state. That's a team of Helton, Handy, Fisher. I don't think it was Fisher. It was Helton, Handy, Bailey, and Mayo. They they have Fisher listed. It was not. It was Bailey. Uh, 74864. And then the team from Fisher's 751, Brownsburg 758, and Westfield 759. The state standard is 759, and it's 759 high. So all four of them were under that. Yeah. Any surprises there? I was, I I was, uh, I don't want to say pleasantly surprised because I coach another team, so it means it do, it's not it doesn't mean something great to me if another team is good um in our area but i i would not have thought that fishers would have as good of a four by it as they're clearly going to have yeah that was a, a surprise um i'm not a boys coach so i could say that then but zinesville we we you know we knew they're really good um i think this is a combination of uh talented kids plus as you mentioned earlier uh competition and that's what we've seen right here and Zionsville running 748 with Fishers right behind at 751. I mean, there, there are four teams. You were fourth at 759. That would win a lot of conference meets. I mean, that is like, uh, all, like all of them. And yeah. And that's well under the state standard. So, I mean, that is incredible. But uh, this speaks to the depth uh, that is in the HGC, especially on the distance side, which we, you know, you and I may know that and people who listen know that. But uh, that was a very strong effort right there. And those those teams kind of went for it. Zionsville ran their four best guys. Yes. Fishers ran their four best guys. Yeah. Westfield ran their four best guys. Brownsburg, it, it could be time to eat fresh over there. They might have a sub to make. Maybe. But... Franklin Central didn't run their four best guys. So Franklin Central kind of punted on this. And when you look at their results in the 1600 and 800, for them, it made sense at the conference meet. But if, yeah. if, if FC runs all their guys, we've got another team at like seven, because they ran 749 indoors. That's right. another team. That's, that's, Zionsville is an absolute contender in the four by eight. Absolutely. Yeah. Franklin Central, if they run their guys, is a contender. If If they do. Yeah. If they do. Yeah. And and now Fishers is looking like they they may be in that mix as well. Again, if they run their guys, yes. But I Fishers, I Fishers no, loves the four by eight. They do. Um and they have won two of the last three state meets. Yeah. And they were fourth last year. Well. Seeing well, what I've seen now, I'd be surprised if they don't. Okay. So We'll look and see if maybe that's something they choose to do down the line here in the next few weeks. I would, I would, I'd be willing to bet a lot that they, that they load their four bite. Okay. Uh, 110 hurdles, Tyler Tartar, we call him the sauce from Fishers, 1446, Frederick Hawthorne of Brownsburg. Uh, we don't call him anything, but I got to, that's a, that's a strong name. I got to think of something for that one. 
yeah uh, fa fast fleet that'd be a good one right and the hurdles you're very fleet fleet, fleet frederick right? hawthorne yeah 1474 they're both under the state standard so tartar's got a very good chance to win both hurdle races at the state meet so it appears he is up there uh in both so uh as of right now he is uh the leader in the 110s as the time we talk and he's also a leader in the 300 hurdles both which well, i know you'll get to in a moment but um given both, given that i would say he could win both well that he's right pace. yeah absolutely. he's got the best he's got the best time in both he could win them both yeah he could Dominic Calhoun of Brownsburg, 1061 in the 100. Oh, my God, that's fast. Uh, and he ran 1050. So remember, we talked on the on the girls part about how it must have gotten colder throughout the night. I mean, that's that's the way weather works. Um, yeah. But it must have kind of dipped under a threshold where it really did a few degrees really could make a difference. And I think we're maybe even seeing that on the boys side here as well, even though they were on different nights. We are, but we're seeing some pretty fast sprint times, man. Ten sixty-one. It was nice. It, it was a lot nicer on Thursday than Wednesday. It, yeah, it was. And you and I have talked because you know not only are we track coaches, we're also distance coaches, so we think a lot about uh, what the effect of like shoes are mm. and that kind of thing. Uh, but it seems as if, and maybe this is just me misinterpreting some things. But it seems as if we're seeing a lot of very fast sprint times right now. Are you are you picking up on that or is it just me? It seems to me that we're seeing that it's on either end of the spectrum. Yeah. So we're seeing a lot in the 100 and yeah. we're seeing a lot in the 1600 and the 3200. And in okay, the middle yeah. events, it is not as much. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah. But, you know, Calhoun, Calhoun 1050 in the prelims. Marcus Townsend of Avon, 1078. Then DeAndre Cooper of Brownsburg, 1092 in the finals and 1095 in the prelims. Christian Ortiz of HSC, 1096. So three of the top four actually ran faster in the prelims. In fact, as I'm looking through this, almost all of them ran faster in the prelims than in the finals. Yeah, sun maybe goes down and it's maybe, a little cooler all of a sudden. Right. And, and maybe that could that. also be accumulation of fatigue. And could be. like... We've we've talked about some of these, uh, and Derek has been on here talking about some of these theories in in sprint training, which is we're training you to run fast on one race. So all of our training is about that, right? Yeah, yeah. Very low volume, high intensity, uh, yep. infrequent. Which I know nothing about training somebody for the hundred. So I'll, I'll sit out that. But that type of training, we're not seeing fast times across the state in the four hundred. At the very, very top end, we 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 see a couple, but the times are dramatically slower in the four by four over the last two or three years than they would have been, say, 12 years ago. And now this would just be another small sample size, but like maybe they're having problems on their second, third and fourth race when almost everybody was faster or maybe the wind kicked up. Maybe we weren't there, but yeah. just something I noticed. Uh, that was the hundred. So 1600. Okay. This was a surprise. I've heard of this athlete before. He's good, but this had to be a massive PR Ian Baker from Brownsburg 414 Caden click of Noblesville 415 Matt Helton of Zionsville after the four by eight, where he ran 153, nine for 15 Braden Henkel of Franklin central. We call him the field house for 16. 
416, you finished fourth in your conference meet. My God. Yeah. Uh, Baker at, at a 414 as a sophomore. My gosh. I mean, he that beating some some really high-end talent. Uh, as those said, are three, those are three of the 15 best distance runners in the state, three of the 10 best distance runners in the state, Click, Helton, and Hinkle. Yeah. Uh, he really brought it that day. I mean, that was a shocker. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I'm sort of at a loss for words here because he, he just performed at such a high level. Um, I, I don't know what that means necessarily down the line. Maybe he won't, maybe he will, maybe he won't. I don't know. But um, I need to see it a few more times for a little bit more, you know. You, do you remember – you might remember this, but you also may not. You – when you were still coaching at North Central, and uh, that's when you you guys had the Marion County meet, so you couldn't go to the Laverne Twilight meet. Yes. And you were texting me about the results and the kid named Dalton Kane of Plainfield won. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you were like, what, what the heck happened? Who's this kid? And when I saw him where I stand, you know, they're probably 600 meters from the finish. Right. So uh -huh. he's not in, he's not up at the front where I see the kids. I kind of see the first few kids go through and then I see where our guys are. And I think, I think this was maybe Cole's freshman year. So, um, he wasn't up towards the front. So we didn't have anybody up at the very, very front. And I remember saying to you like, Oh no, 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 that, that must've been like that kid must've gone by the finish line with his bib. And it like, the, I, I don't even know who that kid is. And it turns out that he won. And then he very yeah. nearly won. Like he won the semi-state. He, he just seemed to kind of come out of nowhere in that race. Yeah. And then he held that. Yeah. Um, that was the same feeling I got when I saw the results and Ian Baker won. And I was like, Oh, I wonder if, I wonder if there was like a results problem or whatever, like how would Ian Baker beat Caden click and Braden Hinkle, like Helton, I get he's on the double or whatever, Helton with an incredible double and Baker just beat all of them. Yeah. And this, this could be, this could be a Dalton Kane moment for him where it's like, dude, he ran, he, it wasn't a sit and kick like, Oh, I just kind of, you know, shake up the eight ball and see what, see what pops up. Cause we went out in three thirty, and then we closed in 55. Like he ran four fourteen and beat all these guys. Yeah. And this is, this is not a sport. This is not an event where things happen by accident. Right. And he's showing that and he is uh, establishing himself as one of the best out of the blue. I mean, Click, Helton, Hinkle, Mew. I mean, these are guys we've talked about all yeah. season. And all of a sudden, Baker has said, Hey guys, I'm here. Hello. This and is more this is more surprising to me than Barco beating Cole at the Flash of Showcase because Barco had more of a history. And right. I think I think Baker's a sophomore. So that would this would be about the time that someone like that would pop up. But but Barco ran 413 last year. Right. I'd agree. I mean, yeah, I the the Bargo Matisse thing is a little bit separate, I think. I you know, uh, but well, it's beating the best kid in the state versus beating a bunch of good kids. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, okay, we'll go with that. Uh, he goes to Brownsburg. You know who's good at track? Brownsburg, because in the four by one they ran forty one thirty seven. Yeah, I mean they had to they had. 
the top two guys in the hundred. So it seems reasonable that they would run well in the four by one. And they're the best team in the state right now in the four by one. I mean, that wasn't their time, like that time they ran well, at the conference weren't, meet. Wasn't... Weren't they like, weren't they like the second or third best four by one of all time last year? And they graduated some of those guys, including Colquitt. And they're, they're, they're right back there. They're, they're right at the front. This yeah. must be how people feel about Carmel distance runners sometimes. Yeah, Schumann. You know, um, we we haven't done enough to congratulate Brownsburg and all they've done on the sprint side because it's not necessarily easy, particularly when you're dealing with uh, you know you're sharing athletes. Uh, you and I don't necessarily have this problem because right. our kids run year round, right. and they are runners, and that's what they do. But when you're talking about the sprint side, they meet us out on a Saturday because they had to miss the Friday workout because they got a debilitating neck cramp. Well, yeah, it could happen. And uh, every so often, but uh, you're also talking about kids who play on the boys side here. They play football and then they also run track, uh, hopefully. Uh, So this is very different than what you and I are up against. Uh, mm-hmm. and they're still delivering and they're still running phenomenal. And, uh, and it, and it snowballs, it snowballs from here. Once the track program starts to have success. Yes. I have also noticed that as being a part of a, a program that has success, all of a sudden the football program has success and the kids want to be a part of a team that's successful. That's very important. So if you're listening, the, the, the kids want to be a part of a successful team, regardless of what it may be. 400 we talked about this too that the 100 times were spectacular the 400 times up front more than spectacular cameron mullins of zionsville do you have the leaderboards pulled up he's 48 88 in the and i don't know i think he might have had a faster time from earlier but where does where does cameron mullins rank this season in the 400 uh mullins is one two three four he is fourth right now now it's going to be it's going to be a hard year to win the 400 yeah. with, with Nick and Zlemba and um, Nair Nuash Campbell. Yeah. Is, is Lemba number one? Uh, no, Nuash Campbell is number one. Uh, Lemba What's... number two with Burhoff and then, and then Mullins three. What, um, what's Campbell run this year? Campbell has uh Nuash Campbell 47, 48. Yeah. I think the, I think the winner at the state meet might be under forty seven seconds. Oh my god! Is what what is it? Do you know? I mean, I I, I remember I, when forty six ninety nine was the state record. I imagine that's still the case. That'd be uh, well forty six ninety nine. Forty six ninety nine. I think that's in jeopardy this year. Okay, I I would agree with that. I was, and I think that. I think the back end of scoring in the four hundred will not be super strong. Okay, I think it may be like. 49.2 or something. Just a guess. 400, 300 hurdles. The sauce, Tyler Tarter, 38.34. Is that is that the state leader as well? Uh, right now, he is uh, the state leader at 38.35. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, then it hasn't, I guess it just hasn't updated from then. Yeah. Or maybe the, maybe, you know, sometimes the results. Right might change by a quarter uh, not a quarter second but a hundredth of a second or whatever yeah i feel like he's i feel like he's gonna win both those events i feel like he's really solid 
He, I mean, that would be the best bet. Absolutely. The, the 300s are less fickle than the 100 or the 110s, right? Just because it's longer. Right. So less yeah. likely of. Do you remember the year? This is the COVID year. And they ran it. And like, our, I mean, our guy from Carmel, Zach Cox, uh, former student of mine as well. Uh, he was better at hurdles than he was at Spanish. Put it that way. Um, he he had the lead and then there was just mass chaos over the last three hurdles and like one hurdle got pushed into somebody else's lane and all of a sudden like you just had no idea what happened that could happen in the 110s in the 300s that's a lot less likely yeah that seems right i, I mean, mean the hurdles aren't even lined up at the same spot on the track horizontally for most of the race, yeah. of the race yeah. and it'll separate before then right I yeah. still feel like I still feel like Tartar's gonna win both. That seems fair. Yeah. Uh 200, 200 times strong. Dominic Calhoun of Brownsburg, 2160. Josh Handy of Brownsburg, 2195. Both of those under the state standard. State standard usually right around 22 seconds, right? 22 low, 21 usually. Yeah. Where does Calhoun rank in this in the 200? Calhoun is second right now at a 2160, which is what he ran that night. Right behind uh, Jalen Reeves Lyle, who's on my fantasy team, FYI. Uh, uh, he's about a six uh, one hundredths of a second behind uh, Jalen Reeves Lyle. Yeah. Uh, 200, 3200. Asher Probst of Noblesville, 911. Sam Quagliaroli. This is a good double. Especially for a sophomore, right? I mean, the older kids are going to be able, they run, they can run more volume. They're going to be able to handle a double a little bit better. Quagler Roley, only a sophomore. I think he went 157 on the four by eight, gave him a chance, um, and then comes back and runs 916. Uh, and then Sam Spees of uh, Zionsville, 924. Shergil Khan of Brownsburg, 925. That the regional is going to be sick, potentially. Because you got the all of those kids, plus two boys from a school uh, very much not in the HCC uh, that have both broken nine minutes, right? And uh, you know we'll see how you're not locked just because you ran the sixteen hundred or the eight hundred at your conference meet. You're not locked into that heading right. into the tournament. So you know, like Caden Click of Noblesville. Might he opt for the thirty two hundred instead of the sixteen hundred? I don't know. There's there's a there's a calculus when you do that, right? Of trying to figure out what's what gives me my best shot without necessarily knowing what kids on other on other teams are going to do. Right. And then there's certainly kids like we talked about on the girls' part, like that could that it's very much an option that a, a boy could run the eight, the sixteen, or the thirty two hundred. Or a combination, two of those three, not the eight and the thirty-two hundred, but plus them. There's, you know, there's the considerations of the four by eight. Lots of uh, moving pieces that we haven't yet settled on. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll need a few more weeks until we can kind of figure out what the landscape will look like. Yep. Yeah. So Thursday, when this meet happened on Thursday. That would be two weeks from the sectional, three weeks from the regional, and then right. four four weeks in a day from the from the state finals. 
Correct. And a yeah. lot can a lot can happen in four weeks. For sure. Four by four, uh, Fishers 324-21. Tw Let me do that over because I was looking down at the other team to see how close it was. Fishers 324-21, Brownsburg 324-35. I heard it was closer than it sounds. Zionsville 325. <laughs> Westfield 327. Yeah. Uh, nice showing by Fishers, but they are still, uh, you know, scoring points if you look at the leaderboard, but they are not anywhere near the top end. So I think the four by four is going to be more competitive this year than it has been the last two post COVID years. Well, look, looking through the leaderboard, does that, does that mesh with what you're seeing? probably and that's an event that takes competition right i mean you have to have people pushing you to run fast uh and i think i think that's true but not as true as it is in say the four by eight well plain field with 321 uh high 321.91 they're the leaders right now uh but i think there's yeah like you said that it you know, we'll see um i think with that with Plainfield, that is, and and we're in our last ten minutes, so this gives us a good time to maybe because we've gone through all the events, we'll get to the team scores. Like, yeah, they're asking. They've got the best four hundred runner in the state. He won the four hundred last year at the state meet. They're uh, going to ask a lot of him again this year. Correct. But last year he held up pretty well. I think they finished second in the in the four by four, but he split something you know like disgusting, like forty seven flat. Right. Um, team scores Brownsburg 165. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. For an 18 meet. Yeah. Uh, Fishers was 88, Noblesville 72, and they tied Zionsville. Noblesville 72, Zionsville 72, but it was closer than it sounds. Um, how serious of a state title contender is Brownsburg? Well, I mean, they're in there. Uh, I have them. If you just look at the the leaderboards on any runner, the you know the mock meet, Brownsburg fifty six, Plainfield forty eight, Fishers thirty seven, Zinesville thirty six, and Center Grove thirty five. So I think Brownsburg deserves a lot of credit. I think they very well could be up there, uh, but there's still plenty of time left. And like you said, uh, it's a different meet uh, at a conference level as compared to a statewide level. Uh, you may have a team that's built to win a conference, but not to win the state meet or vice versa. Uh, so I think they're right there in the in, in the mix. I used to think Brownsburg was a team built more for an eight team meet a conference meet uh-huh and i do not think that anymore i think they've got the state meet scores because their sprint group has really emerged yeah and i i think i think calhoun is giving them i think calhoun is potentially giving them a lot and so like we talked earlier weeks ago about i think i think this is on the podcast if not whatever um, like Plainfield versus Carmel. And they both have kind of all-time great guys. Yep. And Carmel's all-time great guy in terms of his events is probably 
measures up better all time than Plainfield's guy, but Plainfield's guy is in events that it's a lot easier. It's a lot more manageable to do three or four of them in the state meet. And we're now at a point that like at the state meet might Dominic Calhoun be more valuable than Cole Matisson. He might be, especially, especially because he's, they're, they're in comparable situations in which they've got relay duty yeah. and they're surrounded by enough, enough talent. They're surrounded by enough high performers on a relay to, to really help out and make a difference. Right. But the four bite is the very, very first thing. Right. And, and that's, you know, I'm not going to divulge any of our strategies or anything like that, but like, that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough, it's much tougher to ask your star distance runner to run on the four by eight before individual events than it is to ask your star sprinter, like, Hey, give us, give us a good second leg on the four by one. Right. You're already so, warmed up. You just ran the hundred, just hang loose for 15 minutes and come back and let it rip. Yeah. That's the tough part, right? Like you said, Calhoun is in the events that you really want for a state meet and uh, you know, that they, they are uh, far and away right now, uh, probably the, the best team, but uh, there's nothing settled yet. Do you think Brownsburg is the you, you picked Warren as the team to beat for the girls? You projecting forward four weeks, yes. Do you project, do you project the same thing for Brownsburg? Do you think Brownsburg is the team to beat right now? It's a tighter on the boys' side. I think right this second, the answer is yes. I can't promise that will be the case in four weeks, but they te- they seem to be the, the the best team right now on the boys' side because, as you mentioned, they have the best athletes at the events that you really want them at. Uh, while Cole Matisse may be the best kid overall at the state meet, he can only do so much getting his given events. Uh, where Calhoun could score in four events and be ready to roll. So uh, they, they seem to be the best team, but uh, it's a little bit harder on the boys' side right now where the girls seem to be a little bit more, you know, straightforward. Yeah. So yeah. Brown, when you went through the mock state meet, Brownsburg number one. Obviously, we give Brownsburg a chance. Yes. Plainfield number two, we give Plainfield a chance. Plainfield's got oh, yeah. Nair Nuash Campbell. Yeah. Number th- number three was Fishers. Right? Uh number three was Fishers at 37. Yes. Do you give Fishers a chance? Or is that maybe more a more a byproduct of like they got a really nice meet on the right night, whereas maybe some of the other teams down the pecking order haven't had the same. Right. I'm not as, I'm not as high up on Fishers. I, you know, Plainfield, we didn't talk much about Herbeck. Herbeck, if he will come back and be healthy and ready to go, then they are. I think that's the big turning point of the season. Then they're better than Brownsburg and they win. I mean, we he is not factored into my score. They, prob- they probably wouldn't. So yeah, well, yeah, right. So if, if if they're holding back and saying, "Hey, you're not healthy enough right now," but come sectional, and we'll we don't know. There, we yeah, you and I have no inside information, but you know, or at least not that we're going to reveal on this podcast. So uh, I think well, in this that, in this exact instance, we do not, and we don't. Okay. So 
sometimes you know, there are things that we know that we we yeah. don't betray the trust of people that tell us. But in this case, we don't know at all. Right. So if Herbeck comes back and he's ready to roll at the level that he's capable of, then it is Plainfield's meet and Brownsburg will be competing for second. And that's probably the lineup. But if he isn't ready for whatever reason or doesn't compete the level he's capable of, then it's Brownsburg one, Plainfield two. But maybe Carmel steps up, right? Maybe Zionsville, maybe Fishers. I mean, these are these are teams that need a little bit of help, but could very well get it done. I think, and I, I, I'm probably going to overrate the team that I want to win, which is where I teach. Um, I think it's I think it's between Brownsburg, Plainfield, Center Grove, and Carmel. Yeah, Center Grove is a team where you and I were really high on early in the year, and they've kind I think- of. I think Center Grove's issue is the same as ours, which is they just haven't they haven't had a chance to have a meet where they had all their guys and they went to that Warren meet and it was yeah. a good meet and the weather was decent, but it was kind of cold. And we just S- Center Grove's ceiling is probably Center Grove and Plainfield probably have the highest ceilings. Whereas it feels like Brownsburg and Carmel maybe are the steadiest. And I think it comes down to, to those four teams. Yeah. Well, but we'll, we'll also know a lot more in like two weeks. Yeah. I mean, once, even once we see some of these, like these teams have to make decisions with their stars because they can only run four events and even four for some of them would be unreasonable. Right. And Center Grove to me is is interesting because theoretically they have some scoring distance runners, but they may they may get not they may get nothing from their distance runners. They may not. Versus, you know, Carmel is obviously not going to get nothing from the distance runners, but right. we need we need a lot. Yeah. And historically up. that we're we're looking at like something that historically has like maybe never happened yeah. is it is a team of of mainly distance points but if we had to ask a team to do something historic certainly on the distance side it would be it would be a te- it would be a team made up of two sub nine right the only team that yeah. had, the only school that had two sub nine guys in the same race so yeah potentially could be could be and you know what we'll know we'll know a lot more We'll know a lot more in a week because there are the, the Hamilton County meet is this week and the weather looks nice. And there are some, some other meets. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't and wait. We'll be here to bring everybody the action. No doubt. Let's hey, do it. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. See ya. Good night. I love my little dudes. They my little guys. I love them.